And now it's time for the next edition of our series, Exit Interview. Here we are talking to people who have left Phoenix about why. Because while the Valley of the Sun is still one of the fastest growing places in the country, it seems to bleed people who have really made their mark here. From the pounding summer heat to the never-ending urban sprawl, what is it about this city that never seems to live up to its potential? Here's a taste of what we found. In Phoenix, it's not cool to say you're from Phoenix. Like, I'm guilty of that too. Anybody that told me that they were born and raised in Phoenix and then they're in their 30s, I'm like, what are you doing here? You should leave. (laughs) I don't trust you at all. You are and have been for your entire life so entrenched in this place. Um, You know, what did it take to to get you to move? What's that been like? Well, what it really took is a pandemic. My body sort of had like this fight or flight response. And I was like, man, I got to get out of this country. Like this country is not built for us. I wanted a challenge. I wanted to grow. And people say in New York, that's if you can survive there, (laughs) you can live anywhere. You think you'll ever come back? I will never say never. I really can't say what's going to happen in the future, but I'm not letting go of Phoenix. What kept me here was the people. I was fortunate enough to meet some wonderful individuals, genuine, really good people. Today, let's meet Tamara Stanger, who 20 years ago ended up in Phoenix in the middle of the summer and hated it. I was I was so miserable. I was just I didn't understand how people could live in the heat. She got used to it like most of us do and before long found herself never wanting to leave. Right away, I loved the culture of Arizona. I loved the people there. I was in a I think Peoria area and it was just it was really low key, laid back. People were awesome and I think I um I felt connected right away to Arizona. Until recently, Stanger was an award-winning chef here in the Valley, crafting innovative cuisine using native Arizona, often foraged ingredients. The Sonoran Desert, I believe, has more edible food in it, like wild foods, than anywhere else in the world. There's so many things that just grow there, and it's so interesting. And we have a very ancient and beautiful, poetic Southwest cuisine. Once, she took me out hunting for mesquite pods in Papago Park, which she would boil down in water for 12 hours and then turn into things like syrup for a fig semifredo. Hers was a unique approach to food that attempted to define what Arizona cuisine is, and she made some pretty big strides in that direction. As an Arizona chef, she worked closely with the James Beard Foundation, competed on the Food Network's Chopped. She was named Best Visionary here, and her restaurant, Cotton and Copper, was a constant on lists of the Valley's best. I guess my goal when I started Cotton and Copper is I wanted people to come to Arizona and know what the food is when you Mm -hmm. get there. She made her career as an Arizona chef, celebrating Arizona ingredients. But when the pandemic hit, her restaurant closed, and she took a job where she grew up, in Utah. Unlike many guests in this series, Stanger didn't want to leave Phoenix. She felt like she had no other choice. Here's our exit interview. When I first got to Phoenix, it was really hard to find a restaurant job where I could work in the kitchen. Everybody wanted to hire me as a server or they wanted me to work the cashier. Nobody felt like I could work in the kitchen, even though I had years of experience. So when I finally found a kitchen job, I just, 
I loved it so much. I worked at this place called Stackers. <laughs> it was like this bar and grill. I was there for 12 years. Wow. And I absolutely loved it. It just was worked the line by myself. It was really hard work. It was fun. And then after that, I went and worked for a couple chefs in Phoenix that really taught me the art behind it. And mm. I think that's when everything clicked and changed. And I really started loving food. So your career really blossomed here. How did you get to the point where, you know, you were able to open your own restaurant, Cotton and Copper, which was, you know, Arizona themed at that? Well, it was one step before that. I I was the executive chef at Helio Basin. Hmm. And I think it was there I really started getting deep into Arizona food. Hmm. They wanted to open with the concept of tacos. And I I said, well, if I'm going to do tacos, I don't want to, like, I'm not Mexican. I didn't want to take Mexican cuisine. I wanted to do Arizona. Like, if we're going to do this in Arizona, let's figure out what Arizona is and let's turn that into tacos because every, who doesn't love tacos, right? (laughs) True. And um, it just kind of went from there. I, the first farm I started working with was Ramona Farms, which is an indigenous farm. And there's nothing more Arizona than indigenous food, especially Mm -hmm. like the corn and beans and things that fed people for generations. Mm -hmm. So I really just started doing research and learning and um, just learning about ancestral foods and heritage cuisine and and different things that people in Arizona ate. And then like native and naturalized foods. And from there, I was really able to get a sense of this is Arizona. And Mm so I think that took off right away at Helio Basin. I won a few awards for just that that cuisine that just was focused in on that. And I think at that point, people really started paying attention. And it was my first time as, as a chef. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool that it happened so fast. And then from Helio Basin, I opened Cotton and Copper with Sean Trainer, And we wanted to go another step into it and be like, okay, we want to do Arizona cuisine, but we want to make sure that it's something that people understand and we educate them and we make it fun. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was really cool to kind of hone my skills at Cotton and Copper. It was a really, truly a special place. Yeah, it was. So what do you love about Arizona food? Like, and what, what does Arizona food sort of taste like to you? Okay. Well, that's, that's a great question because <laughs> Arizona food is, People will call it Southwest, but I mean, Southwest food is a huge umbrella. You can't compare Texas food to California food. They're both Southwest food, right? Yeah. Same with New Mexican cuisine. Like Arizona does have a distinctive flavor that is unlike anywhere else. And that's because of our agriculture, for one thing. I feel like food here in Arizona is very agricultural based. I mean, it's an agricultural state. Food is grown all year round. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that are grown there that you won't really find anywhere else. I would say the number one thing is cactus. Mm. And people need to eat more cactus from the cactus pads. Um, Every type of cactus fruit is edible in some form. But then from there, you have your, your corn, like your native corns, which are so, I mean, they're roasted over mesquite and they smell like mesquite and they're really rich, almost like peanut butter when you smell it. Mm. And it's just so much flavor there. And then, of course, like I just said, mesquite, that's something that we <laughs> forage together. And it's has it such a very distinctive, like rich, roasty, chocolatey, floral smell and taste to it. Yeah. That's unlike anything else. And of course, like heat elements, your chilies and all your spices and your things that like the chiltepine, which mm-hmm. um, a lot of chefs are using in Arizona. Do you think Phoenix gets the the credit it should for the kind of cuisine it has? 
I think it's starting to. It didn't at first um, because people didn't really know what it was. I mean, we we did. We have our Sonoran dog, which is yeah. completely amazing. And I think we have quesadillas and <laughs> a few things that are Arizona food. But I mean, at the same time, like it's so much deeper than that. You know, the food scene in Arizona is amazing. Like yeah. there's so many diverse chefs and they're so incredible. And there's so much amazing food. You could go anywhere. You could probably eat out every night <laughs> and never get it and have something different all the time that truly blows your mind. So the food scene there is so incredible, but a lot of it's cuisine from other places. And I just felt like there needed to be some places that were distinctively Arizona. Yeah. I mean, so you, you spent a lot of time and a lot of passion doing that, like trying to create a cuisine that, that hadn't really been defined yet, Arizona food, right? And then yeah. the pandemic hit and you you had to close and you have ultimately left. You're in Utah now. Tell us a little bit about what happened. Well, um, yeah, when the pandemic hit, it was like our the busiest we'd ever been in the restaurant, like the most profitable we had ever been was the night right before we decided to close. Wow. And it was really depressing because it's like, we're going somewhere great, but we couldn't put our employees in danger. They were really, really scared. And at the time, nobody knew, nobody knew what was going on. It was just so crazy. Um, we didn't know what steps to take, but we just needed to protect our people. And that meant everything. So mm -hmm. we ended up closing. And then during the time we were closed, I made a lot of pies <laughs> and I was just selling pies. Cause I was trying to like, just get some kind of cash to give my employees. It wasn't much, but just something because yeah. at the time the government wasn't supplementing any pay. So it was like, just trying to give them something so they could eat still. And, um, we did that for a while and we did fine. And then we, we were selling like bottles of whiskey too, because they're mm -hmm. letting restaurants just sell alcohol to go. So we were doing pretty <laughs> well doing that. And then, um, it was decided by the courts that restaurants couldn't sell liquor to go anymore. And that was also devastating. Cause at that point it was like, we're, we can't make enough money right now on food without alcohol to pay our employees. Mm. And so we ended up having to furlough everybody and, um, it, I don't know. It was just hard opening and closing. And I, I think it got to a point where we had worked so hard through it and there was no relief that, um, unfortunately cotton and copper had to close its doors. And that was probably the saddest day for me just because, um, I don't know, it was my baby. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. loved it there. I wanted it to go forever. I love the community there. It was in South Tempe and it was just like, just the most amazing community. And um, there's definitely nothing like it. Hmm. I can say that for sure. So it, you didn't only have to say goodbye to the restaurant, though. You also ended up having to say goodbye to Phoenix. You found a great opportunity where you are in Utah at the Lake House at Deer Creek. And you're from Utah, right? What's it been like going back? Um, it's completely different than I remember. <laughs> so, um it's beautiful here. The The lake house sits right on a lake um, by Heber City. It's between Park City and Sundance. And I mean, it's it's the most gorgeous place I've ever seen in my life. And it's really cool here because I, I did grow up in Utah. And when I was a kid, I foraged all the time, ate wild foods. I was into all the stuff that I was into when I was in Arizona. Hmm. So it was, it's cool revisiting that and going back to those foods, which yeah. are very much like Arizona, just a little mountain foods, a little bit different. And I think my path here is kind of like in Arizona. I feel like Utah really needs more food culture. 
And so I'm kind of on a mission here to build that and <laughs> kind of show people what these foods I grew up with um, were, like the wild games, all the agriculture here too. I, I'm kind of doing what I did in Arizona and just educating people and trying to develop a cuisine here. Yeah, yeah. So it's been an interesting year, for sure. <laughs> I imagine. So, you know, looking back on it, right? Like now that you've left Phoenix, you've been gone for a year or more. What are your impressions looking back on Phoenix? Oh, well, um, I love that now I've left, there's a lot of other chefs that are starting to pick up where I left off. It means a lot to me because I mean, 20 years of my life in, in Phoenix is a long time and it, I still love Phoenix. I still have a home in Phoenix. I, <laughs> I actually try to get down there at least once a month if it's possible. There's a lot of like griping in Phoenix, especially this time of year when it gets super hot about, <laughs> you know, this place doesn't have a culture. Everybody's from somewhere else. You know, it's all strip it's malls. True, it's though. all sprawl. Right. Like, what are they missing? What are they missing? Arizona has always been a melting pot and it's always had a lot of cultures come in there. It's and it's part of what it is. It's part of what makes it exciting. The cool thing about Phoenix, I noticed though, when people come and visit, they get stuck there and they end up living there because <laughs> people do. It's true. That's why there's so many different cultures there. They just, they don't want to leave. I mean, it happened to me. So you think you'll ever come back? Uh, I will never say never. <laughs> <laughs> I really love, I really love Arizona. But also, I mean, I am on a different chapter now, so I, I really can't say what's going to happen in the future, but yeah. I, I'm not letting go of Phoenix. <laughs> so <laughs> I will always make sure there's some reason I have to keep coming back. We won't let go of you. All right. <laughs> Tamara Stanger, executive chef at the Lake House at Deer Creek. Tamara, thank you so much for coming on and telling us your story. Thank you for your reflections on this. I appreciate it. Thank you. This was fun. listening to Exit Interview. An earlier version of this story appeared on KJZZ's The Show. If you liked this episode, subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Exit Interview is a KJZZ original production. This episode was written, produced, and hosted by me, Lauren Gilger. It was co-produced by Nick Sanchez, and our executive producer is Amy Silverman. Until next time, thanks for listening.